why do they have to introduce complexity into a process which annoys the users and therefore leads to user adverse reactions to anything procurement does? For some reason, we need to introduce a level of complexity that's not necessary, that doesn't contribute to anything. I'm not quite sure why it's there. Hi, I'm Danny. And I'm Nicole. Welcome to the Spend Culture Stories podcast, where we explore the connection between company spending and culture. Join us as we dive deep into understanding the people, processes, and tools that make up spend as a whole, or what we call spend culture. Today, we speak with Hans Castiles, the head of digital supply chain and procurement at IBM. It's safe to say that Hans eats, sleeps, and breathes procurement and is extremely passionate about the function space in an organization. We actually found Hans on LinkedIn as he's an influencer who is super opinionated about procurement. In one of the comments that really sparked our interest, he said, I'm getting quite tired of reading comments such as this. Investment in digital tools doesn't guarantee results. It's not the digital tools that create value, drive ethical behavior, or impact operations. It is indeed the people that perform these functions that, with the help of these tools, can generate these results. It is one thing to have the tools, but do you have the people with the intelligence to make sense of all that data, draw the right conclusions, and initiate the correct strategies, which in turn, potentially, might result in value? Typically, we look at spend culture as a sum of many parts, but Hans was able to give us a unique perspective based on his wide collection of experience. When asked about his opinion on where procurement is going and how it impacts business, he focused on the value add and strategic benefit of procurement expertise. He also emphasized that while technology is helping us do things better, you have to understand how to use that technology in order to be successful. In order to build a healthier spend culture, you need to have the right tools, people, and processes. Like Hans said, with the right tools in place, if the people are not on board or if the processes are unclear, they will ultimately fail. Similarly, you might have the best team in the world, but if they are not geared with the right tools to complete their job, you are ultimately setting them up for failure. I think we're lazy. And I think when strategic sourcing and its, and its twin procurement were invented in the mid-80s, I think the mindset was there is a set of tools we need to develop, which were manual tools, granted, that would allow procurement professionals or sourcing professionals to interact more effectively with their stakeholders. But over time, what's happened is, is I think those elements of those manual tools have become the defect of procurement function. And that's led to an erosion of confidence in the ability of procurement professionals, perhaps, to be partners of value to the organization. And I think that's part of this, of this stuff that we need to try to resolve, that we need to try to fix. And how, how does procurement become a strategic partner? Um, how do they become relevant to the organization? So what do you need to do? What kind of conversations do you need to have? What kind of access to data do you need to have? So that's all part of what we're trying to, to accomplish. How do you listen to your stakeholders? How do you transfer those needs into the strategy for negotiations with the supplier? It's not about technology. It's not about process. It's about listening. And it's about the ability to understand details and an ability to make sense of those, which I think goes back to 
then how do you train the people to be effective in their position? And being effective in that position, in my mind, and I think it's been proven time and time again, if I look to organizations that pay an inordinate amount of attention to the technology, if you don't know how to have conversations with your suppliers, if you don't know how to have conversations with stakeholders, if you don't know how to interpret their wants into a contract, if you don't understand the, the criteria um, that determine who you will negotiate with and why and to what extent, I think if you don't look at those things, um, chances are that the function of procurement will be less than valuable to the organization. So, it's, so, so, so the key message to me, it's, it's about people, it's about listening, it's about communicating, it's not about processing, it's not about technology. We asked Hans where he saw procurement as a function moving in the next five to ten years, and his response was what we expected. People require technology that is easy to use and scalable. The technology needs to be intuitive and applicable to all the users within the organization. We found it interesting that even the experts in procurement see the potential for technology to take over the function in the next decade. Having the right systems in place from the beginning and ensuring the user groups are properly trained on the technology is a huge competitive advantage in this fast-moving space. Why do they have to introduce complexity into a process which annoys the users and therefore leads to user-adverse reactions to anything procurement does? For some reason, we need to introduce a level of complexity that's not necessary, that doesn't contribute to anything. I'm not quite sure why it's there. So, with the potential for procurement departments becoming obsolete in the future, it had us wondering what can be done now to communicate the importance of procurement within your business. Hans emphasized the importance of communication between stakeholders, both internally and externally. According to Hans, many ERP implementations cost millions of dollars and are failed because they do not have all user groups in mind. At the end of the day, the user needs to accept the tool in order to comply with the process. Otherwise, what ends up happening is bypassing the approvals altogether, which ends in maverick spend and non-compliant spend. That's been a constant as well. I mean, the, the constant... At France Telecom, we spent I don't know, $24 million implementing Oracle procurement. And the reason why we did that was because we had an Oracle finance backend systems, and rightfully so, we thought perhaps they ought to be integrated. And then what we noticed is that the user acceptance of Oracle as a mechanism to transact business wasn't accepted by the user because it was complicated. And I think effectiveness is measured by what users are used to. People are used to go on their laptops at home and buy stuff from Amazon or eBay. It's easy. It's effective. I'm not quite sure why we can't make it that easy and effective for our users. Why, you know, again, why do we have to make it complicated? It's almost like there is a reason for complication. And the reason for complication is so I can justify my job. I, maybe I'm cynical about it, I don't know. But it seems to me it's always excessively complex and it should not be. And I think simplifying things, at least from a user point of view, doesn't mean that we have to dilute the expectations or the effectiveness of the process or or procure against the contract expectation. People always think about the product from the perspective of who's buying it, when the most important thing to keep in mind is the user and what the job is that they're trying to do. It's all of our responsibility in this industry to keep that in mind, because the tool doesn't create the job. The tool should make the job easier. I've seen organizations say, well, you know, we'll formalize 
what we buy to produce the stuff that we produce because that leads to revenue and we need to put some quality assurance behind it. So if we negotiate a contract with that supplier, then we can cover ourselves from a variety of perspectives. But I've seen a lot of organizations that even though you have uh, drop-down menus in SAP systems that requires you to, to specify a supplier, they bypass the system and they still buy from the supplier they used to buy from from the last 25 years because it's what we've always done and there is no mandatory requirement to use a system so why would we? i think it, it's on the one hand it's a little bit confusing on the one hand the organization set expectations and spent money and on the other hand somehow there is a reluctance to enforce or to monetize their own investment and then they're 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 all surprised that the procurement is not generating the results that they're expecting. When asked about his dream tool in procurement, Hans had a very amusing answer. Wouldn't it be nice if you had access to data? Wouldn't it be nice that once we signed contracts, we knew how suppliers were performing against that contract? Wouldn't it be nice that every purchase order that's signed is signed against the terms and conditions of an existing contract? Wouldn't it be nice if we had just visibility in data? Wouldn't it be nice if we could automate receipt against an invoice? If you receive something, it's a formalized process. You match it with a purchase order. You match it with an invoice. You pay for matches. Wouldn't it be nice if you could do that? Wouldn't it be nice if we had some sort of an intelligence that would allow us to formulate approaches based on historical evidence and wouldn't it be nice to have visibility to what's what's happening in the supplier market all of those things i think regardless of the millions of dollars of investment in erp systems that companies have done remain elusive today and that concludes this episode of our spend culture stories podcast thank you again to hans for joining us and stay tuned for next week's episode where we will be speaking with steve Yu from ucla law Thanks for tuning in to this week's Spend Culture Stories podcast, sponsored by Procurify. If you'd like to learn more about your spend culture, take our quiz at spendculture.com.